Pull up a stool and pour yourself a pint as you're about to join three intrepid drinkers, Kevin, Justin, and Mark, as they embark on another beer-tastic voyage. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Beer-tastic Voyage. My name's Kevin. I'm Mark. And I'm Justin. And welcome back to another episode. This is uh, episode seven that we're at now, and we are uh, testing out a new studio. We've migrated basements, so we're uh, coming to you live from Justin's basement this time, and we've definitely upgraded our setup, but... I think the uh, content is going to be just as high quality as always. Certainly. Now, today we are going to be exploring some uh, some brews from Sand City Brewing. They're in Northport, New York. And this is one of Mark's finds, so I'm going to pass the ball off to Mark, and he's going to tell you um, all about how these were procured. Yeah, so my wife was very kind to let me drag her and my uh, daughter around the uh, Northport Kings Park sort of peninsula area of Long Island yesterday. I'm glad you said that you dragged them around this time and not drugged them around. When we were reviewing this, I was saying that you can't be drugging your wife, man. It's going to get you in trouble. Yeah, I know. And we haven't even started drinking yet today. Exactly. So, I mean, uh, so Sand City Brewing Company is a little bit hard to find. Uh, If you plug in their address on your GPS, you're going to go right past it like I did twice. Like I did with Barrage, too? Yeah, except I think it's worse because... So the thing with Sand City is it's actually down an alleyway next to the Chase Bank. Behind so, the bank. Right, the so alleyway. you're looking for a storefront that isn't there. So you got to look for the brewery's logo on the decorative iron gate over the alleyway. On the on the gate, above the alleyway, behind the bank. Right. In the back door. Right. Nothing but net. So uh, this is my first time going to Sand City, and uh, they have a very nice tasting room there that is both uh, child and dog friendly. Okay. You have both of those. Yes, but I didn't have the dogs with me, just the child. That would have been just a little too much. Yeah. Everyone's laps at that brewery. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, uh, one of Mark's dogs has a penchant for... Uh... He's very good at finding the testicles. Oh, yeah. I, I've renamed him Nutley, and he just runs up to me every time I come through the door and nails me right in the boys every single time. So uh, a little history about Sand City. It opened uh, about a year ago in October 2015. And uh, the brewery takes its name inspiration from the industrial past of the area in Northport, which used to have several sand mines that uh, were excavated to produce concrete to build things in New York City. The place is uh, helmed by uh, Kevin Seiler. He's the founder and brewmaster, and he uh, produces some tasty libations. And uh, any Game of Thrones fans will uh, be very, uh, hey, wait a minute. That sounds familiar when you're looking at the beer list that they have. So, I mean, to start off with, we've got their Handsome Maniac, which is their standard Belgian triple, or tripel. It depends on your choice of pronunciation on I that. I can never remember the proper spelling on that, because I see it all over the place. Is it two P's E-L? I see one P-E-L. Yeah, no, it, one, one P-E-E-L. Yeah, that's what I have uh, seen mostly. My um, my wife has gotten into Belgians a little bit um, as her beer of choice, which is weird, because she had no beer of choice before. And uh, she's been pointing out the fact that she saw it a couple different ways while we were away. But Steph has some background in, you know, fine cooking 
and she definitely has a developed palate, so I can understand how she enjoys the little more complex flavors of a Belgian as opposed to some other kind of beers. Yeah, I think she's going to end up liking this brewery from Mark's, what Mark's told us so far. Yeah, so uh, the Handsome Maniac, it's a 10% ABV, and the brewery's description is uh, brewed with Pilsner malt and dextrose. This Belgian strong ale has a dry finish considering its high ABV. It oh. is a brilliantly clear, uh, light yellow color. It is absolutely gorgeous looking. Like we just poured, th- I just poured this out, and it looks like a champagne. That's yeah, exactly very what fizzy. I was going to say. You know, a lot of carbonation going on. Has a good head on there. Very fizzy, super clean, clear look. It, you know what it looks like? It looks like the beers that those big breweries make on the commercials when it's perfectly clear and poured out. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it really has glass, that look. In this glass, it definitely looks like I'm drinking High Life right now. Yeah. and I mean, it's it smells fantastic, too. I like it. It's got a really bright smell. Um, I haven't got a chance to have a sip yet, but um, I see Justin has snuck in there a little bit, so it's your time to get the uh, first word on it, buddy. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't really uh, handle waiting any longer. Um, it's uh, Miller High Life is an interesting uh, thing to say because I, I haven't had it in a while. This tastes like a much better version of it. It's uh, got some citrus notes and then a little teeny bit of like a piney taste, like a hoppy taste in the back, but nothing that's going to scare me away at least. Yeah, I've got a chance to take the sip and. I like I like it. It's really clean, crisp taste to it. Got that little bit of yeastiness in it that you know is the signature yeah, of all the Belgian styles. And um, there was one that we tried. What was the Belgian that we tried last week or two weeks ago? I forget which one, but that I wasn't really a big fan of with the yeastiness in the front. Oh, uh... I'm draw- I'm drawing a blank on it. I think it was. I don't think it, w- it wasn't from Barrage. I think it was one of the other ones. Either way, this time, I guess maybe because it's a little colder and it's just not quite as pronounced. The yeast is there, but it doesn't coat the tongue the way it did in the other one that I did not like. I think the carbonation helps with it, too. It kind of cleans off the palate a little bit. And when you drink it again, it does. it's not sitting there. I don't Again, don't remember the name of the one you're talking about, but I do remember us discussing it. And it it, it wasn't as carbonated. It sat on my tongue, and as I drank it, it just kept building up that, that quality around oh, it. Oh, I think you guys are thinking about the H3 triple. No, no, it wasn't. No? It wasn't that far it was back. It was. It was. A lo- it was a lot more recent. Um, I'm gonna look it up in a minute and see it, but I'm gonna finish drinking this one first. Yeah, before we'll, I start we'll looking things be up. sure to note that in the episode notes, which which one we're actually talking about for anybody that wants to go back and listen to that again. So, um, I'm sorry. I think you you said it, but what was the uh, what was the IBUs on this one? Uh, I don't actually know the IBUs. They don't have that information readily available. All right, but the uh, ABV was what? 10%. 10%. Oh, okay. That's, that's a but good it, way to start the day. I like it. Well, yeah, but, it, you know, the nice thing about this, it's very dry uh, from their use of the dextrose in there. So it doesn't, ta- it, it doesn't have any residual sweetness on the back end. Okay. So, I mean, uh, so the reason, so dextrose is corn sugar. That was going to be my next question. Thank you for getting there for me. Yeah, so corn sugar is fully fermentable by brewer's yeast, whereas malt sugar, which come from the barley, okay, that supply the bulk of the fermentables for most beers. Do you know what kind of what what oats is that one? 
That's maltose. That's maltose. Okay. Malt. Hey, that makes sense. Malt is, makes maltose. So. Even I can remember that one. Yeah. So there. So from the barley, there's a certain percentage of longer chain sugars that are not fermentable by the brewer's yeast. So when you add in lots and lots of grain to boost gravity, the final gravity of the beer ends up climbing higher and higher because the yeast can't eat that sugar. So right. the way to counteract that is to use a simple sugar like dextrose or sucrose. Okay. That, that so makes that a lot of sense. So that final gravity is close to 1.000. Okay. Could you just refresh me on what the, the original gravity is? Because... I mean, I'm thinking like Earth and Sun gravity here, and I'm, I know that's not right, but I my mind is completely blanking on what the original gravity. Yeah. Really so as is. as a home brewer, my mind thinks in original uh, in specific gravity. So that is a comparison of the density of the liquid to that of pure water. All right. Now that's, you said specific gravity. There is that any different between original gravity? So, so the original gravity is the original specific gravity before fermentation. Oh, okay. That's just kind of an abbreviated normal speak version of it. Yeah. So uh, you got original gravity and final gravity. Both of those are specific gravity measurements. Just one is before you fermented it, and one is after. Okay. And then that the difference between those two can give you a guideline as to what the alcohol content Correct. in the new By, liquid is. I don't know the exact formula because I'm lazy and I use online tools to tell me what the alcohol content that's is. That's not laziness. That's called efficiency, Mark, and I know you enjoy efficiency. It's but officer's by, thinking. By subtracting the two and then multiplying it by some number, it tells you what the alcohol content is. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a math guy, so I'm just going to take your word for it on that, but I would 100% be using an online tool for that as well. Yeah, so just to confuse everybody a little bit more or to add in a, a layer of information, a lot of breweries actually work in degrees Plato which is a okay. different way to measure the gravity of beers. It's a different scale, just like Celsius and Fahrenheit. Okay, so why do they? Why would they use Plato as opposed degrees Plato as opposed to the gravity? Is Plato a little more specific? I think it's one of those uh, brewing traditions that carried over from the old world, and people have just hung on to them in certain areas. So it's one of those things like how you first learned it. That's kind of what you stick with. Okay, I mean that that makes sense. Um, and I could see how here in the U.S. we would 100% be behind, you know, hey, if you did it the old way, keep doing it that way because we never want to force you to do, you know, everyone's got to be their own individual flower. That's right. You know, not like, you know, it's not like we have the Reinskobot uh, that would say, hey, you have to do it this way and this is the only way to do it. Yeah, the um, th this particular beer is surprising to me because when when, you know, when I looked at it, I did not expect it to have any sort of real hop character to it. It doesn't have crazy hop character, but on the back it did. But I enjoyed it. Typically, when I have the hops on the back end or that that taste, a little bit of bitterness, I don't like it. But this one was very pleasant. No, this was this was a really tasty beer. Do we want to do some ratings on this now, or do we want to hold off the ratings till the uh, end of the show? Uh, let's do the ratings now. That was 10% ABV, so I'm uh, worried that I may forget <laughs> it towards the end. Okay. Um, especially considering I was just reading that uh, apparently the average ABV for beers in the U.S. Um, has risen, <laughs> which that makes, makes a lot that of sense. That doesn't surprise me at all. No. It was at, like, I forget the, the dates, but back in the 70s, I think it was 78, it was around 4.8. Right. And then in the early 90s, it was down to 4.2. Thank you, Coors Light. Yeah, and, that's one of the things that I think about a lot. Like, if you think back to health class in high school... When they were, you know, they would, yeah, they drill into your head that one shot is equal to one 
four ounce, ounce glass, glass of wine, wine or one drink. 12 ounce glass of beer. Right. Yeah. Which is throw that out the door because craft beer is wide range. And uh, yeah, what one ten one ten percent ABV beer is doing a lot more to you, and it's not going to be processed by your body in one hour. You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so we're we're apparently back up to four point eight now, thanks to beers like this. So uh, I can only imagine it's going to rise more. And I'm I'm also wondering if they count probably not uh, if they count barley wines because I know barley wines can be twelve, fourteen percent. I'm sure that's sort of factored in there. It's just that you don't have as many of those out there, so it's probably why they don't affect the uh, average so much. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised that I'm not surprised, but I'm I'm pleasantly surprised that the government doesn't get a little more on some of the craft brewers about their high ABV beers and calling them beer and not calling them barley wine or malt liquor or or malt <laughs> beverage. Like, uh, like, I don't know. I think four. Well, I mean, there, the there malt. is legislation out there. Cause, uh, I'm not, I don't know what it is a hundred percent, but I think it's over 12% where, you have you can't call something beer anymore, and you have to use either uh, malt liquor or barley wine or something along those lines. Okay, twelve percent is the is that not? I thought it was ten percent for some reason, but twelve percent, I guess is uh, it's it's definitely a higher number. It's hard it's harder to attain that number in a beer. Certainly, you don't see it nearly as often. But when they start to add the imperial, um you know, name to stuff, you kind of know what you're getting into. It's not... Yeah, you know it's going to be stronger, but even still, if you say, all right, this is my Imperial Berliner Weiss, well, a regular Berliner Weiss is around 3.5% alcohol, so even that's if you heck of double that, that's, yeah, that's still only 7% and not very, you know, as far as craft beer is concerned, right? still on the low end of uh, high strength. I do remember visiting our uh, uh, one of my favorite places in Patchogue, Hoptron, and on a uh, right down the, the street from my office. I was at lunch, and I uh, the guy recommended a barley wine, so I had it. And then I remember being back at work an hour later, going, "Hmm, I suddenly don't feel like doing anything, <laughs> and I probably shouldn't be doing anything." You didn't have yeah. a three martini lunch. You had a one barley wine lunch. <laughs> yeah, and then when I went back and I, I looked at it, it was like I think it was twelve point two percent or something. And I'm like, okay, well, I now I need no, I need to avoid that at lunch, but. As far as the rating for this beer goes, I uh, I enjoyed it. I, I'm definitely going to put it probably in a bomber category. Two of these I think would be great, and obviously also start your day slash night correctly, depending upon exactly uh, what you want to do. I uh, I'm in right on the same line with you, Justin. I think it's a bomber for me, um, much more than two would probably just get me too far down the road and not really let me enjoy anything else. But I. It's a high ABV, but it's not a very heavy beer. It's a nice, really drinkable beer. It's great to start the night off. If you're going out or you're just going to be partying, like this is the beer to you know, get you ready to go. And I think a bomber is right on with that. See, I also say that this is a bomber for me, but this is like I've had a long day or I've had a long week. It's the weekend. I made it. I'm going to drink this bomber and uh, – Go to bed. <laughs> it's it's because... amazing how our, our priorities change. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you don't have a kid yet, buddy, so just wait. All right, all right. Yeah, it's uh, thanks to my parents, it's kind of like I don't have a kid. 
But um, <laughs> I do, and I can definitely emphasize with Mark in terms of definitely this would be a great way to end a, end a weekend. Or if you're a little younger than us and a little into, little into going out, this is a good way to party as long as you got your DD going on. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I know I don't have a kid. I don't understand it. I only work two jobs, so it's it's it, it's I'm never tired. I understand. <laughs> it's, a different, yeah. it's a different thing. Okay. When you have a small human in your house screaming at 3.30 in the morning for no apparent reason. I I understand. That. And apparently Bark's way to cope with that is to drink 10% alcohol. Cheers, Bark. <laughs> <laughs> you drink enough and you don't care anymore. CPS, don't listen to that. Amy is a fantastic mother and she does, covers up a lot. <laughs> I am a responsible parent. So anyway. Uh, Mark absolutely yeah. is. Moving on. We've got uh, their Fade to Jade, which is their IPA, or at least one of them. It's a uh, 7.2% alcohol by volume and the description is a uh, brewed with caramel malt wheat and american turo malt hopped aggressively with mosaic citra and amarillo hops yeah i could definitely uh you get the hop aroma right off the bat which uh scares me a little but mark is uh mark has taught me not to be too scared and the flavor might not necessarily coincide exactly with the smell it's uh, it's actually similar in color to the previous beer, maybe a yeah, little darker, it's but it's very, not as clear. Very similar in appearance to the uh, Handsome Maniac. Yeah, I don't know. But if uh, it... less less carbonation, certainly. Less carbonation, but I don't. I think this would be what they call chill haze, not. Um... Yeah, it does have a little bit haziness to it. It doesn't look like it's unfiltered. It, it's probably one that was, uh, you know, just just a little that could all, i mean because it's an ipa that haze could also be coming from the proteins and the hops yeah i mean i took a a nice big whiff before drinking it and what were the hops that you said were in here you said citra and what it's got citra amarillo and mosaic all right well as i as i've mentioned previously one of my goals here is to start to learn a little more about what the different hops smell like and taste like and so citra i'm remembering was is a citrus one that's nice and easy for me to remember right um, but this one has a really piney scent to the nose. There's that resiny pine smell in the nose to it, and I guess that's the uh, the Amarillo? No, I don't think that's from the Amarillo so much as the Mosaic. The Mosaic hops. Okay, I mean, I know there's a lot of breweries out there that do um, a Mosaic, they, you know, a Mosaic beer because they like the Mosaic hop, and they, they do an, an all-one-hop beer. Right, yeah. And like uh, I haven't tried them because usually I'm turned off by them. Blue Point has their uh, mosaic. Yeah, they have a mosaic IPA. Yeah. Um, but again, the smell is fantastic. The taste, I doesn't quite translate for me into fantastic, but um, it's you know it's the example of an IPA that I like. This is what I think of when people say, "Hey, try this IPA," and it's it's got that piney scent to it in the nose and a little bit of bite up front. It's got a nice clean finish. I, I appreciate that. I don't know if this is necessarily though the beer that I'm going to be going back for. The thing that I liked about this beer though and something that I recently learned and uh, I'm trying to share it with other people with IPAs or hops in general is that you need to learn to dissociate bitterness from hop character. There are two separate things. So IPAs, I mean, for a little while there, American IPAs, like it was a contest of who can make the most bitter beer in America. And you yeah. get people talking about, this has got 80 IBUs in it. Yeah, or 100 IBUs. Or, yeah, or, I've God seen some ridiculous more. numbers. 
Yeah, and thankfully that has died down a little bit now, I think, and uh, people are starting to, you know, dial back the bitterness on the IPAs, but still stuff a bunch of hops in there to get you those aromatics and flavor compounds. And this, I think, is a good example of an IPA where I think it's pretty good. I I'm, I do I enjoy it more than I I enjoy most other IPAs, and I guess it's my brain goes to the more the West Coast style IPAs, the stuff that's really dank, the eighty ninety IBUs. Um, I'm really curious to what this is on a, for the IBU scale. The I know that they didn't have it available, but um yeah, I, but it's it's got to be. I would say it's less than fifty. That would that would probably make some sense. I mean, if were, even if it were a little more, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I I enjoy it more than I've enjoyed most any other IP that I IPA that I've had, and it, for me the smell didn't dictate to the taste. The smell was much stronger than the taste for me, which was a pleasant surprise. Well, going back for a couple of their sips to kind of let the develop, um, it's kind of it's chilled out a little bit in the flavor. I guess maybe it was my palate was prepared for it. Possibly yes. Um, and I taste. I, and I tried to think about what you were saying of hop characteristics, not just bitter, but hop characteristics of it. And I taste it a little more, and I taste a little more. Um, I don't think it's a floor. I don't. Th- I don't get that floral hop hop taste. But the pininess is in there. It definitely and has. It's a little more pleasant. Yeah. As that... I drank a little more of it, I'm enjoying it a bit more. It's definitely strong on the pininess, and there's a little bit of fruitiness in there in the back as well. But the pine is definitely the uh, the most prominent character of this beer. And the 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 fruitiness you're getting is probably from the citra hops. Well, citra and amarillo both I know are supposed to have uh, fruity character to them, and mosaic probably as well. But uh, it's not. Uh, aside from the citra, I don't have any firsthand experience of using. Uh, those other two hop varieties. I hadn't heard about Amarillo even in the homework that you gave me on the way to Taps and Towns. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, just got to rinse out a little bit and clean the palate out so that we can enjoy the, the third beer. But, um, Justin, what do you, what, you got us started well last time, so why don't you get us started again on this beer? What do you think of the... What's uh, your rating on the Fade to Jade? Yeah, Fade to Jade. I like the name, Fade to Jade. I actually think that's a, a pretty uh, interesting... Um, name for it because it, the, the the pininess does fade after you begin to drink, drink it, so it's almost like the reverse. You're fading to uh, to this clean flavor, right? Um, I I would probably say it's a pint, which is more than I would give most any other IPA I've had. I mean, for me, if if you had asked me to rate it right away after the one sip, I probably would have given it a taster and said I'm done with it and not really interested. Okay, it's like a lot of other IPAs that I've had. Um, after a couple more sips and letting it develop a little more, I liked it a lot more. So I'm going to go for the pint on this as well. And just, and the only reason I'm not going higher is just because it's not really my favorite style, but I, I think it was, it definitely got better than as I drank a little more of it. Yeah. I'm also with a pint on you guys here. It's, uh, again, it's an IPA, so not my favorite. I'm much more, uh, geared towards Belgian style beers which Sand City has a lot of which I was a little bit surprised to find out but as far as IPAs go I was surprised it doesn't have that sort of flat bitterness that lingers in your mouth after you take a swallow the uh, bitterness isn't that high and overall I thought it was pretty enjoyable but 
I'm still not going to want more than a pint. No, I you I think you hit it spot on there with your with your assessment and I and I'm glad I'm glad you brought this one cuz this is this is one that I, I I really would I would have the pi- I would have the pint of it I would enjoy it and as I was part of the uh, you know as it was part of the session you know or or we're going out and we're drinking I would definitely have a little more of that. Yo, that's that's exactly what I was gonna say is you would have probably this beer maybe have another beer that was not quite as hoppy and that I could see myself going hey you know what I kind of want more of that and going back for another yeah. pint but as, in terms of the way that we rate you know how much do I want to buy of this in right now yeah how, how much do I want to drink in this sitting um I mean I I think I, I found that I've been saying this a lot as we're as we're doing these shows that IPAs to me and especially ones that are you know or any beer that's a little more bitter is always seems to be a food you know a, a beer with dinner for me um not that i want to keep not that i'm trying to wash out the the tape the the food because man everybody knows i want to have some good food i'm i never say no to much food to be honest but the i just think that the ipas tend to pair well with dinner like they can they are strong enough that they provide their own flavor and also clean off the palate to continue enjoying the food, which if, you know, if it's not beer that I'm enjoying, it's usually food. And, you know, that's, I'm a consumer. I just like the taste. <laughs> Makes sense. And I'm, I'm glad that uh, we brought an IPA because, you know, we've been trying to uh, expand ourselves in that direction a little bit. So as we try them, we at least Mark and, uh, sorry, Kevin and I learn more about the, the hop characteristics. We'll know what to look for in them and we can try to try different varieties of IPAs and I know the English an English style IPA is one that I like a lot I've had one ever so I should say <laughs> I like it a lot I mean I wish I could find more of them so I could say that for sure but um, I'm glad we glad we tried an IPA in the show yeah absolutely now Mark uh, what's this third one that you poured out there for us yeah so lastly we've got uh, Sand City Stormborn which is their Belgian blonde okay it's a six and a half percent ABV and uh, their description is a Belgian style hopped exclusively with East Kent Goldings, which I think is a little odd because East Kent Goldings are an English hop. I was going to say Kent Goldings I, I know is an English hop. That... But it's fermented with their house Belgian yeast, which, like I said, they've got... Uh... So when I was there, they had seven beers on tap, and four of them were Belgian styles. So they get a lot of use of that uh, out of that Belgian yeast. That's, you know, listen, if you have a proprietary house yeast strain, I'm, I'm going to be using that on everything. I'm not going to be, you know... Get the get as much mileage out of you can of it. Now you mentioned the uh, the Game of Thrones fans, and oh yeah, I, I'm a big Game of Thrones fan. I was a a reader of the books early on. One of the one of the suckers that was waiting for George R. R. Martin to <laughs> waiting eleven to years write. for a Dance of Dragons to release. Dude, I was I was waiting for Feast of Crows to come out. <laughs> I had to wait for years for Feast of Crows to come out, and then I had to wait years again for Dance of Dragons to come out. And now I have no idea how I mean, it's it's been too long, and I'm praying Hopefully that this Winds poor of will doesn't release die before he, before dies. he produces these last two books. And then there's me over in the corner. I don't watch the show. I've never read the books, and it's not because I'm avoiding it because I think it's stupid. I just I haven't, and it's all over my head. Yeah. Well, so then, I mean, I you don't realize say I've that I've read the books, but I did listen to them, and uh, that is the only reason that I have gotten through all of them up to this point because there's so many pages. And I am a slow reader that I don't think I would be able to read them before I died. You do read at like the speed of ass. You read extremely slow. Oh no, I I completely admit that. But um, interesting 
little uh, trivia fact about the books on tape that Mark listened to. The guy who recorded them and did the voiceovers for them. Roy Detrice. Yeah. Actually got a bit part in like season two or three of the show as like a shopkeeper. And they did that just because he was such because he has a fantastic voice and he did a great job narrating the books. And that so so much so that the showmakers made sure to put cut him in there, you know, to put him in there. And it was a cool little, uh, you know, cameo if you knew to look for him. That's pretty cool. The um, I'm looking at this beer, and it it looks a lot like the other ones, maybe a little darker and uh, even even a little less carbonation. It's almost honey like. Yeah, and it's got a little more. It's got a, a again. This time I'm looking at it and I'm saying, this isn't chill haze. This is not being filtered. Yeah, and. Uh... I think maybe the cap on this squealer maybe wasn't tightened as much as the other two, and that's why we have a little bit less carbonation on this one. Yeah, I'm also noticing that the cap that you have on the first one is a different style cap. Yeah, it's got the uh, it's got a, I think it creates a better seal. Um, I happen to have similar growlers from the same places as you have these, and I just know that those caps, I don't know what it is. They have this little, like, uh, yeah, plastic, have a, uh, yeah. what would you call it, gasket? Yeah, it, it's kind of like a, a wedge shape, so then when you tighten it down, it makes a tighter seal. And I, yeah. I just don't think that uh, after they filled it up that they tightened that down enough to prevent the gas from escaping. Yeah, that's definitely possible. Let's uh, take a sip, and, what do you, and uh, I mean, you can smell it first, and I really don't get much of anything in the in the nose i'm now, really glad you said that because i have not that great of a sense of smell and i felt like I, i'm smelling it i'm like i'm at a disadvantage but yeah it doesn't it doesn't have a, a hard smell of anything it smells like beer for lack of a better word see to me i can still pick up that uh, a very light hint of belgian character on the nose but i'm a fan of belgian style beers and that might be why i know what i'm looking for I'm well, sure it doesn't help that the carbonation level isn't really there, so it, you don't have the the gas escaping and bringing those aromas up into your nose. I think that might be a point of it, but I think um, I think you got to agree that it's even if it's it's just not prominent. You know, e- even if it's the, it's there, it's you know, yes, there's a little bit of a that Belgian scent to it, but it's it's just not prominent at all. It's it's not what I would expect. I mean, the first beer and the you know that had it in there just had so much more and like i said maybe it is the carbonation but even on flatter belgian beers that i've had there's usually a little more strength of that aroma and i just i'm not picking it up did you did all. you try this yesterday when you had the flights at the uh yeah the i had uh, a sample of everything when i was there is it can you tell there's definitely a distinct difference in the carbonation and oh and yeah definitely okay. That's interesting. The uh, it's still pretty tasty though. It's it's smooth. Um, definitely classic Belgian beer. Yeah, I, I I love the Belgians. I like the yeast character from the Belgian yeast. I like the fact that uh, they have a bitterness there, but that uh, it's just to balance out the maltiness of the beers. And uh, if I know anything about myself, I like multi beers as opposed to hoppy beers. Yeah, I mean, I liked it. I mean, obviously, normally I can d- spread out the sip into two or three different sip. You know, the we pour about, probably about a, a third of a pint out usually when we're tasting, and I, 
Normally, I could spread that out between two or three, maybe four sips, and this one didn't last that long <laughs> for me. But um, yeah, it's got it's nice. It, even though it didn't have the aroma that I necessarily was looking for, it was really clean in the front, and a little bit of I tasted a little bit of uh, breadiness at the end of it there. Yeah, that that finish. I can see that. Just, yeah, just a little bit of a little bit of bread, but it would be like white bread. It wouldn't be. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't. It wasn't like a really hearty bread. It was. It was white. It was Wonder Bread at the end, and then it had just that little bit of hop at the end that said, "Okay, hey, you're done." Like a little little whistle at the end, like, "All right, we're we're done. Let's move on." Do a it. little little buzzer at the end of the uh, quarter. I I don't know if it was a buzzer at the end of the quarter. It was more like a a nice little. Uh, Sound to say like da 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 done move on. <laughs> I don't know that I'm gonna be able to drink this beer again without thinking of that every time I finish there whatever you. whatever is in my glass. There you go. That's what that's what I want. I want you to think of almost like the little uh the little jingles that they would have on the the read along books that would tell you to turn the page. You know. <laughs> wow. Beep. Yeah. That's, that's you just had a, I, I just watched Justin like rock back in his chair and have a little flashback of like deep deep memories there. I'm sorry if that was traumatizing for you. No, it's it's quite all right. The uh, it's I think the ratings for this beer are going to be interesting for uh for Ke- for Kevin and I. So I'm interested to hear what Kevin has to say about it. Um, for me, I'm 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 in. It's weird. I want to say I want to say a I want to say a bomber for this of that I want more than one, but I don't want to drink this during in like one sitting. This is the beer that I'd be drinking all day. Like to me, this is I, I want this beer. I want the I want a cold six pack of this at the barbecue, so I so I can be drinking this for a while, because I think it's light enough that I can have more than one. So, um, I mean, I'm gonna go with, I guess I'm gonna go with the bomber, just because to stick with our our to not overcomplicate our scoring system, sticking with the bomber. I'm gonna say I want more than one of these. I don't necessarily want more less. Uh, don't necessarily want the growler in one sitting. I think I know where Mark's going to go with this. For me, this is a growler, for sure. Yeah. I uh, could enjoy a few pints of this without a problem. That's where I thought you were going to go. It's I, I'm in the same boat as Kevin. I, I really like it, and I don't want to give it a, the quote-unquote two as a bomber because it's definitely not a two out of five, but I only really want a bomber of it. I think I can take a bomber, enjoy it a little bit over the course of the day, really enjoy it. But um, I'm definitely going to buy it again. I'm going to buy another bomber of it the next time I see it. it it's super clean. And um, I'm interested, actually, to try it again uh, to see exactly what the differences were based on the, the carbonation uh, potential carbonation issue we have with the, uh, with the growler. But it, uh, it's a tasty beer. Very clean. Well, I'm not trying to blow up your spot here, but remember, the bombers are three, not our not oh. our two. The pint is a two. Oh yeah, I always forget but, because to me the taste, like the tasting, to me is practically a zero. You're right. You're totally right. No, no, you, you're. It's it's not far off because usually the beers that we give a taste or two are essentially ones that we really despise yeah. anyway. We tried it, so we can say that much. Yeah, but, but uh, uh, never I mean, again. There's a, there's only been a few that we've really said like we only want a taste of this, and please never let us taste it again. Let's oh, gotta love. <laughs> um, but. Other than that, the uh, you know, but yes, the bomber is the is our th- is our three, and so I think that I think that is fair. It's firmly in the middle of the scale of this is a middle of the road beer. I enjoy it. I want to keep drinking it. I'll have it again, but it it's pretty. It's not necessarily one that stands out to me either. You made me feel a lot better 
about the the whole the whole bomber thing now. Now that I know it's a three, it's firmly a bomber for me. Before I thought I was shortchanging it slightly, but three <laughs> three is the right number. I'm also going to entirely bl- blame that brain blame that brain fart as well as what I just said on the original ten percent alcohol. I, that's, that's, that's I feel like I can safely do that. That's a fair. Yeah, maybe we should have started with the blonde instead of the uh, the handsome maniac triple. You know, when when we do our little mini flights for each show, we try to work our way from a lighter beer to a darker beer and usually lower ABV to higher ABV. And today I feel like it, it was odd because so many of the beers that we did were lighter beers, all kind of the same color, all golden colors. Um, you know, uh, you know, to line them up by color is a pretty simple sorting system that we do. And that's kind of how I o- always do it. But I think we definitely could have flip flopped the, um, I'm glad we didn't start with the IPA to kind of yeah I didn't want to start with the IPA but I think we definitely could have flip flopped the other two the uh, the Stormborn and what was the first one called again the Handsome Maniac the Handsome Maniac we definitely could have flipped those two and I think it would have been just as good definitely I mean it it was my first experience with Sand City I've never had any of their beers before but I had never even heard of them to be honest I thoroughly enjoyed them and I will be making the trip up to Northport again and uh, I know uh that uh, as a special release as part of their their first birthday celebration, they were releasing cans. So I don't know how regular that's going to be, but uh, keep an eye out for uh, cans of Sand City Brewing stuff out in the wild. For me, it's really nice to see something in Northport pop up like this. I grew up in I grew up in Huntington and spent a lot of time in Huntington Bay. And um, Sand City, actually, I didn't know about the origin being from those sand mines and and, th- and concrete. To me, Sand City is this little tiny, stupid island, which is funny even to say. It's you can throw a rock across it with a. It used to have a big stone wall with a rope you'd swing off of it, and we'd take our boats out there and hang out in this little lagoon right in Huntington Bay, and we called that Sand City. And obviously, that's probably why they where they dug these pits and where they got the sand from. I had no idea the history, but to me, the name has a. a brings me back to my childhood, and it's cool to drink a beer from that area um, that's made there. And have it be as good as this is. I I just kind of chuckle every time, you know. I think of you know sand sand mines, just because of what Long Island is. It's just a giant sandbar anyway. Like if uh, all across the whole island, there there's no real there is no bedrock on Long Island. There is no deep. There is no giant mountains. It's just a giant pile of sand that some glacier pushed out and said, ah, hey, you know what? I'm tired. I'm going back now, and just left it there. Well, yeah, but there uh, in Nassau County, there's a. F- I mean, I know this because uh, I work in construction, yeah. so there are some areas in Nassau County where the materials kind of shit, and yeah. not really suitable for making concrete with. So okay, uh, that's probably why San uh, Northport and San City got its reputation. Is probably one of the first areas, yeah, uh, or the most western areas of Long Island with good material for sand. Yeah, that that makes sense. I mean, if you if you go back far enough, I mean, if they're building, if they're building skyscrapers in New York City in the twenties and thirties and stuff like that, um, there wasn't a, the Long Island Expressway didn't exactly run all the way out to Riverhead like it does now. No, I don't. I, back then, I don't think the Long Island Expressway even existed. But it's something else. I mean, this, but where we're at now, I mean, you got to go all the way out to uh, like Calverton to find a. You know, one of these sand mines for the concrete industry. But anyway, 
You don't care about that. You just want to hear about the beer. So That's true. Uh, any other notes on San City Brewing Company from you guys? Uh, not that I have, but thank you for procuring this uh, fine bumper sticker. Thank oh, you certainly, for us. yes. I, I appreciate bumper stickers, and this is going to go on my uh, my giant tub of uh, of homebrew equipment that's currently gathering dust, but I, I like to collect the stickers from everywhere all over the place, and I coat the box in all the stickers, so that's definitely going right on there with all the rest of them. Yeah, I, I uh, was collecting myself when uh, we attended Taps and Talons. They had a sticker. I was taking it. And they were actually kind enough to uh, trade me their stickers for a stack of our own stickers. So. Yeah, we have we have stickers now. Thank you, Justin, for uh, for reaching out to a to a buddy of yours, I think, and uh, and ordering them. Yeah, I need to uh, to thank my buddy Ben Krakauer. He um, uh, is owns a uh, website called Discount Thermal Labels. You can buy uh, tons of labels and stuff from him. And his uh, I believe his family owns a printing company in Patchogue called Advertape. And uh, they're they were awesome enough to print us a bunch of stickers. And uh, he loves Great South Bay Brewery. Uh, he spends a lot of time there. He, uh, I believe he picks up some pony kegs from them, and uh, I'll have to get him some to uh, to thank him for the stickers. But he'd be on the lookout when you guys go into breweries. Um, we are, we've only dropped them off so far at Sand City, but as we pick, go to different breweries, we're going to be dropping some off, and uh, hopefully you'll be able to see some of them there. Yeah, so keep your eyes open. I myself left some with Sand City uh, when I was there, so if you go there, sometime soon maybe you'll still be able to find some but uh yeah yeah sans city but sorry i keep hitting the mic here because i'm been drinking a little bit already and uh, kevin gets very handsy when he drinks i hear uh, that that, that, uh, that's absolutely (laughs) just ask his wife absolutely true Uh, (laughs) but uh i'm just a little bummed that i didn't know about San city because i used to work up in that neighborhood and i'm just like how did i not know about the brewery being right there because it, you can because drive you past go, it very easily. You got to go behind the al- there. down the alley, behind the bank, and you know, knock three times on the door with the right password. I get it. Well, yeah, I, I, I uh, alluded to this a little bit at the beginning, but I drove past it twice without finding it. And uh, when we were actually trying to like find the place, walking around, I even pulled out my phone again just to try to figure out, like, all right, where am I? Where is this supposed to be? Because there was a sandwich sign out on the sidewalk for the brewery. Okay. But it wasn't directly in front of the alleyway where the brewery was. It was in front of, like, this diner or some other storefront. And I'm like, where am I supposed to go? Is it in the diner? I'm confused. (laughs) You got to go into the diner. Make sure you sit at the third stool from the left. Only order a tuna melt sandwich, and then you you get entrance. Yeah, I... (laughs) It took me a little bit to find the place, but it, you know, I was happy when I did. And the other good thing that I like about their tasting room is they just have t- tubs of pretzel rods all over the place, so you can snack on those while you're drinking your way through the flight to cleanse your palate between good, the beers. Good snacks are essential. I was thinking maybe that we could like do the Girl Scout thing and make like pretzel necklaces and wear them for every episode, like we're like we're at one of the beer shows. I don't know what that has to do with Girl Scouts, but. Uh, Sure. I think it was just a food crafty. <laughs> it's a craft. It's, it's crafty to make the necklaces. Yeah. So, you know, you do, like, I, feel, I picture, whenever I see them at a show, I picture Girl Scouts making them beforehand, and I know that that's completely not true. But that's what I think about. <laughs> but at some point, when we, we will review the deeply scientific and complicated ne- method of making pretzel necklaces at some point in the future when we review our game plans for going to festivals and such. But... Um, Let's just recap real quick what our ratings were 
for the uh, for the beers today. What uh, the first one was? Which one again? The, so we uh, started off with the Handsome Maniac. Handsome Maniac. I, it's it's a great name, and I'm sorry I can't remember it. But for me, that one I believe I gave a bomber for that one, and I'm really excited about that one. Yeah, I think we were all a bomber for that, right, Justin? Yes, I was. I was also a bomber. The, um, now for the second one, the second one was the IPA, right? Yeah, second one was their Fade to Jade IPA. Yeah, I had given that a pint. Um, I definitely think I would have a pint of that, and then maybe a pint of it later. But, yeah, um, I, went, I, I remember I went with a pint on that one as well. Yeah, I believe we're in concurrence. So is this? A, so I think the only change was Mark on the third one, but um, I went with a bomber on the uh, the Stormborn. Right, they're blonde ale, and uh, I wanted a growler of that because I would certainly enjoy that over a few days. And as Kevin schooled me, I gave it a three, a bomber, not a two. And I feel better about that. But it's yes, just it's guidance. Bomber. It's not schooling. It's just guidance. <laughs> All right. Uh, gentlemen, do you guys have any more uh, news, uh, things you need to share, jokes, anything else along those lines? No, I think that about wraps it up for uh, this episode. All right. Yeah, I have I have nothing left to add except for uh, I'm proud to be from the area that uh, that created that where this brewery is. Yeah, and we'll make sure to link Sand City at sandcitybeer.com. We'll make sure to put the link in our show notes there for you. And um, I, we got to give a shout out to the first guy to give us a review on iTunes. Uh, oh I yeah, mean, I know we we record a little bit ahead of time, and so we we try to build up a little bit, you know, a couple of a. Uh, episodes just in case we can't get together and record right away but um we just got on itunes recently about a week ago and uh a user by the name of uh, i think it was catharsis a couple numbers yeah, 630 or something along right. those lines um gave us a really nice four-star review so shout out to you man thank you so much for uh taking the time to write the review and um we're really excited and we hope that you guys if you're listening and you like what you hear, please take the time to write us a review because uh, that It'll helps make everybody it else find out about us. For other people. And if for some reason you have an issue with something we're doing, don't review us. Email us. We'll fix it. We promise. Yeah, send, send us an email. We're at Beertastic Voyage. Uh, it's Beertastic Voyage at gmail.com. Um, or hit us up on the social meds. Yeah, a- Amy will lay you down all those no- all those uh, all that info again on the uh, on the way out. But you know, please let us know. Let us know what you think. If you got a question. Um, want to just give us a shout out or something just uh, talk to us we'd love to talk to you and thanks for joining us on this Beertastic Voyage if you enjoyed Beertastic Voyage please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to review and rate us the guys can be found online at www.beertasticvoyage.com on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Voyage, and Twitter and Instagram at Beertastic Show or send them a good old-fashioned email at beertasticvoyage at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and cheers for local beers.